Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola. I'm here with Leif Johnson. Hiya. And Jason Cross. Hello. On today's show, Jason will review the new iPad Air, and Leif will take a look at the iPad Mini, which we'll talk about in our feature discussion. Plus, Leif has a two-minute tip, and we'll wrap up the show with your hot takes from the Macworld Twitter and Facebook feeds. But before we move on to the news, we should explain, or I should explain why there wasn't a podcast last week. It's because there was a podcast last week. I just forgot to press the record button on the recorder. <laughs> and we decided, uh, yeah, we'll just cut bait. And sorry, we didn't post a podcast last week. But I'm looking at the recorder now, and the record button is lit. <laughs> lit, yeah. So hopefully, I wish I was lit right now. <laughs> so. Last week, I I desperately needed to be lit after that <laughs> disaster. He was devastated, y'all. I was like, yeah, crap. I've never seen him like this. So, <laughs> I was so pissed off. So because I wasted, you know, I wasted these guys' time. <laughs> wasting my time is one thing, but wasting somebody else's time that bugs me the hell. And so, and you know, anyways, we're recording now. Hopefully, <laughs> so let's talk about some of the major. Apple headlines, including the end of air power. This is one of those topics that we talked about last week, but since it's a major kind of thing, we thought we'd cover it again this week. Apple finally broke its silence on air power and said, yeah, we're not coming out with that product anymore. Well, did they actually say it was shelved? They just said... Yes, I mean, I don't remember the exact phrase. We have canceled the project. It does not achieve our high standards, and we have canceled the project. That's pretty. uh, We've completed air power. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty final. Uh, This is one of the reasons why Apple doesn't like to pre-announce products because they don't like to cancel products because people talk about it. And we were we were trying to think last last week about. Have they ever actually announced a product like this one? They literally announced it on stage and showed it to everyone and then canceled it. And we couldn't remember the last time that's happened. There's been plenty of things that we've been rumored about and we all kind of know they're working on it, but they never actually formally announced it. And then it gets delayed or canceled or something. Yeah. That's just part of it. I pointed out that like there have been like OS features that they've kind of shown off like open dock and stuff that. Right doesn't take off and then they just they just kill it uh, but that's, that's even not, releasing it and then killing it that's right not right. the same as you know yeah <laughs> it's killing it because no one's really using it or it's not being implemented well or whatever that's a different mm-hmm. thing yeah I never saw I, the light of day air power yeah i can't remember the last time you probably have to go way back into those that time when there were a, a billion different mac variants <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's during the Steve Jobs departure when there were like twenty type twenty Macs <laughs> right. being produced to find like some particular model that was announced and never shipped or something. But it's I can't remember this happening. No, I know they said that they you know are committed to a wireless feature and stuff. So you know, I have a feeling that you know we might see something like that again in the future. But I think they're going to tweak the design, so it's not going to be. Air power. They may give it the name, but uh, it's not going to be, you know, the exact model that we were looking at and expecting. And uh, so I think they may. That's my guess is they'll keep trying on it, and who knows how long that will be—two, three years, or something like that. But you know, if 
wireless charging does take off like it looks like it's going to, I think they will try to do something better with it eventually. Yeah, I'd like to see them do something like uh, the Pixel Stand, mm-hmm. uh, where it's a basic Qi wireless charging. In that case, it's a stand. Uh, it's not doing trying to do anything engineering-wise really fancy with charging multiple different devices in any place at the same time, but it's doing stuff with software where when you put it on the stand, your phone enters into a sort of uh, a stand mode where it's going to show you, you know, the weather, your next appointment, just stuff you'd want to look at at a glance without mm-hmm. like unlocking your phone and stuff. So I'd like to see them do something instead of a really difficult hardware engineering thing, do the software stuff they're good at, making making. Apple wireless charger that does something with software when you put it on there that's useful to me. I think air power is a good idea. It's just, it's, it's it's kind of interesting how they underestimated how yeah. tough it was going to be to engineer it. Right. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I would like a charging pad that can charge more than one device at a time. We'll see. Maybe somebody in the depths of uh, the spaceship at Apple is, <laughs> is working on this on a, on their free time. So. Especially like the Apple Watch, that is surprisingly annoying to charge. I mean, it's not hard, but you have to have basically the exact thing that Apple gives you in yeah. order to work, or the specialized stands. And that's why I like the idea of it is you would just be able to place your, you know, your watch on there. But most of the time, you know, bands get in the way of that. Like I use a Milanese loop, so it has to be out of the way when yeah. you do that. So there, there's all kind of complications when. Yeah, I use uh, a third party stand that. Uh, that's a stand and also has a vertically oriented watch uh, charger mm-hmm. next to yeah. it. And they're two separate chargers and that's fine. I don't know why it's not that groundbreaking to me. It doesn't really solve a problem that much to me to have one pad where you can just kind of put several devices on it in different places and stuff. Just have separate pads. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. I mean it's nice, it's cool, but it's not like, oh, this changes everything. It really doesn't. Right. See, yeah, there's been a lot of people saying that, like, it's, you know, oh, this is devastating for Apple. I mean, it's devastating that they never really done a cancellation like this. But for consumers and stuff, I think it's a smart idea that we're not getting a charger that's setting our devices on fire or something. I mean, I think it's a, it was a smart decision. I wish they hadn't announced it until it was ready. But, yeah, yeah. I think people are kind of overblowing the and significance of it. Yeah, it's just such not a, not a world-changing product. Apple isn't the only company dropping products or product support. Netflix just a few days ago announced that they are dropping AirPlay support in iOS, uh, saying that the way AirPlay is implemented doesn't allow them to be able to see the devices that their content is being played back on, so they can't provide an optimal experience. Mm -hmm. So they decided they're just going to drop AirPlay altogether. Yeah, for video, AirPlay used to be you knew you were going to an Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So you knew what the capabilities of that were. It's now that it, you, you're going to be able to AirPlay to all these different TVs, their argument is, well, we don't know what the TV is capable of exactly. And so we don't, and, and we don't get that information through AirPlay, right? So we mm-hmm. can't tailor our stream to be right for everyone, yeah. to be the best possible quality. So it makes a certain amount of sense. I still think they're 
kind of just made me mad at Apple. <laughs> yeah, I think that's seventy five percent of it. It, it. it it does make sense on some level, but come on, that's the real thing. Do a lot of people use AirPlay to stream Netflix to their TV? I I don't know. No. That's well. So maybe now that's... no, because Air, uh, <laughs> Apple TVs Apple TVs aren't that popular, right? Right. But once AirPlay is built into TVs, maybe it would be more of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys yeah, get so, the sense? I don't get the sense that people that that's the way that people watch the sort of long form content that you see on sort of Hulu or Netflix or something, where no. they find it on their phone and then like send it to the TV. No. no. Do you get the sense that that's how people use it? I I don't. I'm sure there are people who do, but I, I don't. Yeah. And if you had an Apple TV, good chances were you were already using the Netflix app on it anyway. So it's not like you know that was a big problem there. Yeah, the yeah. TV I have has a Netflix app, so mm-hmm. we just use that. Yeah, everything that has AirPlay video support has a Netflix app and yeah. more. So it's just it's, it's you're not going to miss anything. You're not going to be like not be able to use Netflix. You're just going to have to use the app if you used to use your phone mm-hmm. and then send it to your TV. See, I don't think uh, another thing. I don't think AirPlay is usually, you know, what they're talking about their optimal experience. Apple is often going for that optimal experience thing. It's 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 really work great when it works, especially with audio. But it's it's mainly a convenience thing. I think. I I, I think they are kind of overstating it. I think it is just a a weird flex. You might say. <laughs> so. Yeah, Netflix has never really played ball with most of Apple's ecosystem stuff. They don't let yeah. you. They don't let you subscribe through the app anymore because they don't want to pay the in-app purchase percent. Um, they don't support the TV app and never have, and they're not supporting the new one, the new update of it. You know all that stuff. They're they're yeah. happy to have their app on their device, but they want that and they want to have that the most direct relationship with their customer they can and they can do it. They have 140 million subscribers. They're, they're the 800 pound gorilla in this space. Mm-hmm. They can do what they want, I guess. Kind of surprised, but maybe not so surprised that yeah, Cause they have so many users that Netflix hasn't kind of done, which I think would be a dumb idea is to come out with their own standalone Netflix box. <laughs> so, I, I, think yeah. they should stay out. I, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea, but companies mm-hmm. like Netflix tend to think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So they would do something like that. I don't. Um, well, that was originally Roku in the way. In a way, that's true, right? That was the the CEO kind of made Roku and spun it off as another company. But I think the problem is that Roku's are basically sold at cost because yeah. they're they're making money on ads and stuff in the back end, um, and on licensing. To they're they're like the they're the smart TV software for like TCL TVs and stuff. So I think. Like there's no way for Netflix to undercut right, right. somebody who's basically oh, yeah, giving it, it away already. Oh yeah, it would be a loss later. It would be a loss later. It'd be simply to get more subscribers, which, like I said, right. I don't think is actually a very good idea. Yeah, but they're already everywhere. Like, yeah, but it seems like the kind of thing that somebody at you know that you've seen it before that a company does that, and you kind of go, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> They'd so. have to give it to people. They'd have to be like, "Right, subscribe, and we'll just give you this stick." This streaming stick that you can plug into any yeah. HDMI port, and there you go. But my TV doesn't have AirPlay, so I use I have a Chromecast that mm-hmm. I use to if I need to broadcast stuff from my like my laptop to the TV. That's what I do. Some other news that came out last week is that Apple News Plus, the new 
news subscription service that Apple debuted recently. Within 48 hours, they had a was it 200,000 subscribe people subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. Which so says the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. so says the New York Times. Uh, they're using third-party research. Apple doesn't actually release numbers like that. Right, they but, have sources. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, they get angry when people quote that kind of stuff. Apple does. So, yeah. Sure. So when you consider how many people have access to Apple News, 200,000 doesn't really sound like a lot. And there were a lot of, there were some sites that were trying to make it sound like a big deal. And I, I, I know one of our number was thinking it was, a, it was impressive, but yeah, Jason and I both were like, eh, eh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to do the math on it because you don't, it's only available in the U S and Canada Yeah, and it's exactly. hard to know how many, and you have to update to right. iOS 12.2, mm-hmm. which usually around 10% of all the iPhone owners or so grab the latest version within the first couple days. Mm-hmm. That's like when you look at past stats for how many people have upgraded their iOS. But you just don't know. We know there's a billion iPhones out there. We don't know how many of them are in the U.S. and Canada and updated to 12.2. But even if it's, you know, 20 million or something, that's that's a 200,000 is a low percentage to be getting a free trial. We're still well in the one-month free trial. Yeah. They pushed it hard. There were notifications. Every time you open the app, it's like the whole top half of the app was like, get News Plus, free trial, and stuff. So for something like 1% or a few percent mm-hmm. at best to have even done the free trial right away seems not great. I have no interest in subscribing to Apple News Plus, but even if I did, and maybe it's because I work in the publishing industry, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would tend to more subscribe directly if I can, because I I want those publishers to get as much of my money as they can Mm -hmm. to support the the journalists. Yeah, because we work in the industry. We We know what it's like. We know what it's like. (laughs) It's it's not as convenient and it might be more expensive, (laughs) but that's what I would tend to do. Also, I feel like I can already get what I want without the subscription. Yeah, that's that's so, to me the issue is that yeah. most magazine content is free online. Like there's ads and stuff, right. but there's not a lot. I love the way magazines look and are formatted and all that, but you know that's just not the kind of thing that I feel like I need to subscribe to and get a whole bunch of when anything I really want to read seems to be online. Yeah. News, it there's a great case for supporting news and independent journalism, but most stuff gets re-reported mm-hmm. or it's available for free online. Yeah. Macworld uh, is a case of that, you know. Yeah. So our and, magazine is on Apple News Plus, but to my knowledge, <laughs> it's it's the same stuff you'll get on the site. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean Apple right. News Plus gives you one convenient place to access it. Right. There's that. And for a lot of people that's important, but I don't mind having to have to go to various different points on the internet to get to what I want to get to. See, there are a couple of, it, it depends on what it is. Like I made, I made the comparison to the New Yorker. I have a New Yorker subscription. New Yorker is a weekly magazine. So there's a lot of stuff coming out all the time. I typically access those links through Twitter, through their links on Twitter. And guess what? An Apple News Plus subscription does not help you with that. So if you want to read that way, you're still going to have to have a regular subscription, which I am going to. But there are magazines like Wired, 
and National Geographic, where I don't think I read them enough to justify paying the uh, um, the subscription, the online subscription. I actually do have a wired subscription, but as you can see, I'm thinking about dropping it. And uh, but the, this the way this is is that I can actually read the latest issues um, by there. I've re- I've read the Atlantic a lot more than I have lately because it, it, this uh, Apple News Plus allows me to get past the paywall, and I really like what the Atlantic's doing lately. But uh, I might keep that instead but uh it works for some it's it's but it doesn't work for others and you know you'll have to tailor it so i might end up keeping apple news plus because of like the atlantic and national geographic but it's totally unjustified with my new yorker subscription so i will keep paying my my new yorker subscription and some of those you know those specific ones aren't but a lot of the magazines included are just flat pdfs with no search no linking in the table of contents not formatted for your phone screen stuff like that so that if if the magazines you like are like that it makes it harder to justify but you brought up a good point is that you don't have subscriptions to these publications. You have a subscription to Apple News Plus. Mm-hmm. And if there's a login on the site to any of these publications, uh, you're not subscribing to them. And you don't get that subscriber benefits on their site or anything. Mm-hmm. You get you you have to get everything and do everything through News Plus, which is, you know, depending on what you like and depending on what device you're reading on could be could be fine or mm-hmm. maybe not. I'm really yeah. interested to see what this looks like six months down the road when a huge number of people have upgraded to the latest version of iOS mm-hmm. and the free trial periods are kind of expired on everyone and stuff. And then we'll see how many people I'd love to, I'd love to get some sort of sense, some sort of number. And I wonder if it gets more popular if the sites that, you know, the magazines that don't, you know, that, that are only in PDF, if they will t- now make the extra effort to make an online version. Because these these are not, you know, some of these are not obscure magazines. It's like no. I, the, the examples I use were Field and Stream, Maxim, and PC Gamer. These are things you'll see on many newsstands in a lot of places. And, right, nope, yeah. they're still just PDFs. So, uh, you know, I know for a fact PC Gamer has a very strong online presence. So it's not like we just do print or something yeah so that's something to keep on mind so that just about does it for the big news items that occurred in the past week or so check out our show notes for links to articles about the news if you want more information so now it's time for our feature discussion apple released two new ipads recently Jason Cross got his hands on the new iPad Air and gave it a full review. Leif Johnson took a deep look at the iPad Mini. So we thought we'd talk about the reviews on today's show. I guess we could start with the iPad Air. Jason, you talked about how the iPad Air, with the iPad Air, Apple finds the sweet spot. What is the sweet spot? Well, since they updated the, uh, the iPad Pro last year, with the new design, with the Face ID and all that other stuff, the price went up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We, which we all talked about endlessly how expensive they are now. But they start at $800. And the regular iPad is $329. So that's a huge gap. And it's a huge gap in capabilities. You have this A12X over here and the second-gen Apple Pencil and Face ID and all this other stuff. And then way on the other end, you have like an Apple A10 and less storage and all this. So the Air fits right in the middle. 
it is priced at fi- it's starting at five hundred dollars, so you save several hundred dollars off the Pro. Um, it's shaped exactly like the old Pro, the old ten and a half inch Pro before they redesigned it. In fact, nothing about it is really actually new. There's no brand new technology in here. Um, but it's an A12 processor, not the A12X, so it's not not nearly as fast as the new Pros, but it's way faster than the regular iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still supports Apple Pencil, not the new one, but the old one, so you get Apple Pencil support. No Face ID, so it has Touch ID and stuff, um, but it's very thin, very light, same, same exact size and weight as the old 10 and a half inch pro. In fact, it still uses the same keyboard, <laughs> the same covers and stuff. Um, so it's, it's really for most people, like in just in terms of like feature set and price and performance, this is going to be where you want to be. I think you get a lot more than you do from the regular iPad, but you still don't, it's hundreds more to get a pro. Mm-hmm. So I think this is where most people want to be. There's pro features you don't get. It's kind of annoying. You don't get the quad stereo speakers. You don't get pro motion, but you do get the wide color gamut. Um, and you don't get the A12X, but the A12 is still really, really capable and fast. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's way fast. So I think for most people, this is where you're going to be most happy. Yeah, I think Apple has done a couple times with other products. They've done some realignment of their product line. And it, it isn't clear at the announcement, so people get a little confused. And But then yeah. when people finally, when reviews like ours come out and stuff, it, people can get a clearer picture of what the lineup looks like now. And it, it, it makes it pretty clear where the iPad Air... Yeah, there's nothing about before. the name that makes it clear that it's like, we have a low, middle, high strategy, and yeah. this is the middle. Like, that's unfortunate, but... But that's really what this is. It's the middle one, and I think it's going to be where most people would want to yeah. buy for to have something that's going to be good for a really long time. Uh, plus, they just re- brought the name back. Like they had an iPad right. Air and Air Two. The Air Two was re- released five years ago, and just completely gone. Like you couldn't even buy old ones as of a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, "Hey, let's bring the name back with no number again." <laughs> and just okay. <laughs> Leif, you looked at the iPad Mini. Mm-hmm. So where does now that? I think also confused people as to where it stands because the iPad Mini has a thing with price right. that people people associate a smaller device. It should be a smaller price, but it's not necessarily. So that kind of confuses people as to where it, it stands in the lineup. Right, and uh, the nine point seven inch one starts at three hundred twenty nine. This one starts at three ninety nine, which is what it was selling before when it was the iPad mini 4 the thing is though is even though it's a much smaller pro, uh, you know um, you know smaller device it's got that a12 chip in it as well and it's it's basically as you can see from our benchmarks that it's it they basically run neck and neck the iPad air and the iPad mini I was impressed it runs everything just fine and so I mean this is kind of dumbing it down but it really is the iPad for people who want a small device and I, you know, wrote an editorial where I was, you know, kind of joking, but I said that the iPhone uh, 10s Max is basically the iPad Mini now. And but having used it 
you know, for a while it is nice to have that wider screen, you know, because it gives you a lot more screen room. It's more comfortable to use the iPad to say play games or watch movies in bed or something. Um, a little bit better than a, than a phone. And, uh, you know, it, it does most of the things that I want a tablet to do. And that was an important point I think I made in the, um, in the review is that, you know, a lot of this stuff, Apple's trying to make us believe that a tablet can really be something else. Like it can be, you know, it can replace this MacBook that I have in front of me. But the iPad mini, it is unabashedly a tablet. It doesn't do that much different than the iPad mini, but it's like you, you're not going to want to be typing on the screen with that. Your, you know, work is, you know, at a minimal and it, but it does everything just as well. And, you know, I have come to appreciate it as a tablet, and uh, it, it's I've kind of found a more space in that because you've heard me say on here before that you know I for over a year I used an iPad Pro as my main work device, and I kind of got away from it because you know had a access to a MacBook again. But uh, you know, the iPad Mini is kind of making me enjoying using a tablet again. So it's it, it's nice for people who want that smaller form factor. It, it's so it. It disappears into my bag, basically. Uh, there were a couple times where I thought that I forgot to bring it because it was, you know, just so light and small. And uh, But, you know, it goes back to the thing with the Air. They haven't changed anything from the iPad Mini 4, you know, and this is getting to be kind of an old design. And uh, so there's that. It lacks that wow factor and stuff. And, you know, if they had managed to use something like the new Pro design, you know, where you had a lot smaller bezels, you know, we'd get even more screen size with that. But no, nah, it's 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 still the same. Does the job fine. Um, like I said on there, I think Face ID is better suited for the iPads, possibly even more so than the iPhones. But uh, because it makes... You know, because you're always looking at the thing, and uh, but you know, still Touch ID, which is actually with an i with an iPad more so than an iPhone, kind of annoying to me. But uh, it's um, but yeah, it's it's perfectly capable device, and uh, I think the pencil is a little. It, it also uses the first generation Apple pencil. I think you know, it's almost it's almost getting to that point where it's a little too small to mm. properly use it. Um, it yeah. It, yeah, like I, the second I said, gen pencil is a better size for it too. It's like a because mm-hmm. it's a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. I think, and it's not as thick, and I think it fits more with that mini size. Yeah, it 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 felt like I said it felt like writing with a sharpie on a hotel memo pad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> so. if you're if you're into ebooks, I find the mini is the perfect size. Like oh God. Yes. Yeah. With Kindle and stuff and feels, Apple books. Beautiful. Yeah. It feels like a book size and it's really comfortable to like hold in one hand for a while. Yeah. You don't get your, that tired, your forearm doesn't get tired holding it. So it's like I a Kindle white that. that can do a lot more. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And you know, but no, I, I even said that in Slack at one point, I opened up Apple books and looked at something in there. Cause I, I typically use Kindle and Apple books looks good on an iPad mini. I have to admit, it was it was one of the first times I, you know, wanted to consider using it as my main service. Back to the Apple Pencil thing. It's funny because when Apple Pencil, for lack of a better name, 2, when it came out, I, th- I thought that the old Apple Pencil was going to be phased out eventually. But then Apple came out with these two devices and it's it's gotten new new life if it was even on life support. It's It's not going away anytime soon. I wish it would allow you to use it with it. I understand why they didn't. You know, it's it's kind of married to being able to be wirelessly charged with the uh, 
the um, the iPad Pro and stuff. And so there are some design considerations to consider there. But I wish they would have at least given you the option to use it. Yeah. Right. That's how they pair and everything. So yeah, I yes. get I get that they do that. But it's they should have at least given the new pencil a different name or something. They're just still Apple Pencil, but they're completely different compatibilities and yeah. features. And it's frustrating. You, you just just get the crayon, which works with everything. Yes. Weirdly, <laughs> get that Logitech crayon. Yeah, I hate writing with the crayon, but yes, otherwise I agree. <laughs> yes. So if you're interested in the full reviews of the iPad Air and the iPad Mini, check our website for links. You'll get uh, the full review by Jason on the iPad Air, and Leif did the full review of the iPad Mini. Oh. One thing I want to say is, you know, everybody keeps talk, talking about the battery life about that. It was interesting that in the benchmarks, the iPad Mini did not uh, come out too stellar. I mean, it was it was okay, but you know, in practice, I have not noticed a problem with it, uh, you know, dying particularly quickly. But it, it does still go down, you know, decently, about like a smartphone. It's just that I'm not, you know, using it enough. But anyway, I thought that was interesting that I was seeing almost everybody talk about its crazy battery life, and that is not what showed up on our benchmarks. And for some reason, I feel like that's important to say. Anyway, yeah, it may have to do with the brightness or, or something, but the battery is not huge mm-hmm. in the mini. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. the battery life on the Air is really good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah. probably the longest-lasting iPad, just a little longer than the 11-inch Pro, mm-hmm. um, and way better than the entry-level iPad. Yeah, you can see the battery life results in the reviews. Check them out on our website. Now it's time for our two-minute tip. On this part of the show, a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. This week, Life has a tip for the new Apple News Plus. Take it away, Life. All right, Roman. Okay, this one has to do with Apple News Plus, and it's about how to search for specific magazines on Apple News Plus, because otherwise it just, you know, kind of jumbles it all together like uh, Apple News, but a little bit more better. So I just want to say from the start, this assumes that you have Apple News Plus um, activated. If you don't, you can easily do that by pressing the Apple News Plus tab at the bottom of the normal Apple News app. So Apple doesn't make it exactly easy to find a specific magazine, particularly on iOS. When you open the Apple News Plus tab, the only obvious option for finding a particular magazine is to click on either the Browse to Catalog tabs at the top or the 16 tabs for topics to the right. So these range from things like home and garden to science and tech. And I think Apple was kind of going for a Browse the News vibe here, which, uh, excuse me, Browse the Newsstand vibe here. And that doesn't really translate on an iPhone. Um, So the browse the catalog tabs will let you find the magazines in alphabetical order. Although you'll need to keep in mind that there's around 300 of them. There's a, there's a lot of them and the topical tabs offer a more scattershot approach. So you can go to the one for science and tech and you'll find Macworld in there. And yes, we are formatted for Apple news. Plus we're not one of those PDF people, but there's also a far simpler way, at least uh, if you know the name of the magazine you want to read. It's not immediately obvious on iOS. So while you're in the Apple News Plus app, press the following tab in the lower right. You'll then see a search bar at the top that says channels, topics, and stories. Enter the name of the magazine you want to read in there, say Macworld, and you'll immediately see it pop up. Before you press on it, though, you can also press the heart to the right to favorite it, which will ensure it shows up in your My Magazines 
list and in your main Apple News feed. And this is even simpler on a Mac. Uh, so when you go open to Apple News at, uh, at the, the whole app, when you open Apple News on a Mac, you'll immediately see what would otherwise be the following sidebar conveniently off to the left. And you'll also see that same channels, topics, and story search bar up to the upper left. So you can enter the name of the magazine there. Unlike iOS, it's so obvious that you may not even consider needing a how-to like this. Anyway, that's my two-minute tip for the week. Yeah, so if you're one of the 200,000 or you want <laughs> to join the 200,000. <laughs> it's probably more now. Yeah, it's probably more now. That was the first two days. 400,000? Because it's been more than 48 Being hours. Being optimistic. Yes. So, it's, it's kind of bizarre how it's not that intuitive to find what you want to find. There's so much of it that feels half-baked. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's a cool service in some ways, but it's like, you know, it, maybe I should have waited for fall with Apple Arcade and everything else. But I know they just had to get something out. Anyway, this is what I think they went with. It does have the the feeling that I hesitate to say this, but I'll say it that engineers worked on the UI, and you know, <laughs> yes. engineers aren't necessarily experts at UI. Yes. they're good at implementing stuff, but maybe they shouldn't be the people figuring out how the UI is designed. Yeah, yeah I mean, the news app was really designed for specific news articles, very yes. yeah. timely, timely, time limited individual articles and they crammed a magazine experience into that and magazines are about long reads they're about one page after another right they're not you know and it just none of it really works right none of it feels fully fleshed out none of it is intuitive particularly <laughs> so it, yeah it's it's not a great iOS experience it's a little better on the mac where you have the sidebar all the time yeah. I also want to say that, you know, you'll be getting notifications from Apple News Plus too, especially from like the Wall Street Journal, which, you know, I mean, unless you turn it off. And, uh, but, you know, I had my Apple News, um, regular Apple News app totally configured to where basically I only see Apple like related news for my job you know it's nice to see those get to see those kind of notifications pop up and uh but now with everything else in the world i get this stuff about national geographic and everything so you're gonna have to prepare yourself for that and that's that's one thing i might have included in my things i hate about apple news plus uh, article that i wrote because it's really starting to get to me a week later hmm. well you can get the details on this tip in our apple news plus faq we'll have a link to that on our website and in the show notes for the podcast. Now it's time for your hot takes. We love to read your comments and questions. Let us know what you're thinking on Twitter. That's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. You can even send us an email. The email address is podcast at Macworld.com. The first comment comes from at HMLCO on Twitter. This is in response to a video that our editor-in-chief, John Phillips, and a senior editor, Elena Yee, did about the new Apple credit card. Is it the credit card for you? The reader response was that the article video wasn't bad, but the only benefits discussed were the rate, lack of fees, and cash back, as if the security and privacy features had no value whatsoever. To this reader, those are the main features, and the cash back is just an extra perk. 
Yeah, you know, Apple has been emphasizing it's that, you know, they're very much into privacy and security. So it makes sense that they would come out with a credit card to kind of emphasize that as well. I think, though, when it comes to credit cards, you know, everybody's preference is personal. Like for me, I am interested in the cash back and the rate and things like that. Knock on wood, I haven't ever had any bad experiences with like credit card fraud or theft or anything. So I think for me, that makes the privacy and security features more of a secondary priority for me. Not that it's unimportant. It's just that I haven't had an experience, so it doesn't push it to the forefront for me. Right. I do think it's an important part, like the, how easy they, they seem to make it. Like yes. putting everything together in one app and categorizing all your purchases and putting map locations of your purchases and if it's stolen you can freeze it instantly and all this other stuff they're not groundbreaking we know it's not stuff we've never seen before but it's it putting it all together in one place in an easy way sort of is but what we wanted to do with that video was was we can't try the card yet we can't try all those right. software features yet but we do know some stats about its its price like it's it's what its cashback is what its interest rates are so we can compare it at least on those levels to the other cashback cards out there on the market. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's not much better, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's and, and the, the truth is if you're going to ever carry a balance, you shouldn't use a cashback card because the interest rate you right. pay is much higher than on other types of credit cards and it blows out any cashback you could ever get. <laughs> cashback cards should only be for paying off your full balance. Yeah, there's a whole realm of credit card tips and using it and things like that that yeah optimization get into here and it's not unique to apple's card it's just general mm -hmm. credit True. practice when the card does finally av become available we'll take a closer look at what the features of that card are yeah. so. and we'll get a look at the fine print that we just don't have right now. right yeah our next comment also comes from twitter it's from at one mouse creative this is in response to an article that we posted that Apple kind of apologized for the MacBook keyboard. One Mouse Creative wrote, I honestly haven't had the issues on my Mac keyboard that people are talking about. I'm only three months into the latest MacBook Pro and nothing is making my blood boil. I guess we'll see how it is in seven years when it's as old as my former MacBook Pro. Leif, you're, you haven't had any problems with the, Mac, with the MacBook. No, and I, I've used m multiple ones, and uh, you know, the, I, I I sometimes sit on here that yeah, I'm actually kind of messy with my keyboards. I eat chips at work and everything like that, and you know, and th these are all the things you should not be doing. I don't put, you know, I don't slip my MacBook into a case when I when I go home. I just throw it in my bag, and these these are supposedly the things that cause a problem. Never had a problem with my keyboard, and uh, you know, I I. As far as the actual design of it, it depends on the model. For some reason, I really enjoy writing on the 12-inch MacBook. I love writing on that machine, and that's a butterfly keyboard. However, I don't like writing with it on the 15-inch. I used to say that I did, nah, not so much anymore. And uh, so, you know, it, it actually got better last year when they did that membrane on there. And I, I know that was meant to stop the problems, but for some reason, just that lot, very, very minimal bit of resistance kind of helped, you know, a little bit of capturing the feel of a keyboard with more key travel. And I know they did that with the, the new MacBook Air as well. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, you know, it, it, 
Yeah, I, I do admit, though, going back to some like older MacBooks and stuff, they were just more fun to type on. And I, I, you know, as writers, you know, that's what we do all day. We hit these buttons thousands of times a day. And so, you know, it's it, it's got to be comfortable. I mean, there comes yeah. a point where I think Finn is not as important as a satisfactory typing experience. But to the, you know. to the point of this, um, this comment, you know, mm-hmm. certainly the way that you see it, if you, if you live a lot on Twitter or something, you would think that everybody's got a problem with their keyboard. Exactly. And it's definitely not everybody. And Apple went out there and said, and most people are really happy with it, which I think is also overselling it. <laughs> um, it's, it's true that the error rate is unacceptable, mm-hmm. but it's not like, 80% of all users have stuck keys and stuff. It's not, it's nothing like that. Yeah. But if it's 10%, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculously yeah. high problem rate. Or right. And then there's the issue with, you know, people just don't prefer these really shallow, low travel keys as much as the older keyboards, which people loved as much. Mm-hmm. So both things overlapping together, it just kind of feels like it's time to stop going down this path. Mm-hmm. Apple needs to have a new keyboard, whatever that is. You know, I wish I was a fly in the room one day we're working on this keyboard because I hate this keyboard. Because <laughs> I just yeah. hate the feel of it. Yeah. It's just too shallow, and it, I make more errors when I use it, and I just don't like the feel of it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe we're the people who hate this keyboard are a vocal minority, but I have to imagine that at some time during this keyboard's development, one or two people said, you know, this keyboard doesn't really feel that great. Right. Yeah, I really don't like this. Yeah, and whoever, I don't know, Johnny Ive or somebody just kind of went, yeah, I'm just going to ignore you. Or those yeah. people didn't speak up. I, I, I don't, you know, it's kind of an odd thing that's... I mean, the priority was clearly to make it thinner, right? right. And, that's, and that's when they first announced it, they talked about how much thinner it is and it makes more room, mm-hmm. takes up less room in the chassis and stuff, being thinner. And... Maybe that's what the priority was. It's like, oh no, we have to yeah. get, you know, forty percent thinner or something. We're gonna make the this is the best we can do being that much thinner. It was not an option to go. Well, no, we we'll just be thicker like we used to be. That maybe that just wasn't an option, or they yeah. didn't allow that to be an option. The thing about that is, and I, and I think that was really what they were going for, is mm-hmm. you know you used to be able to go into any kind of junket and stuff like that, and all you would see is a sea of Apple logos and stuff. And yeah. that, was, that was because more than anything, I think it was it was really comfortable to write on those keyboards. And I think they've gotten away from that. Going back to the fly on the wall, you may, you know I haven't done much research on this, but I wonder if they like brought in a novelist that was known for writing, you know, using a MacBook or something like that, or you know a journalist. Of course, the journalist you have a problem of them probably leaking to stuff <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh you know and it's like okay you spend all your days writing on these things how does this feel to you i don't like it and maybe johnny <laughs> i've just ignored it or something right. but I, I i wish they did that and i know when they were talking about the mac pro that they said they were going to try to bring on more creatives who actually use their stuff on every day which you would think would be a part of their process already but anyway so our final take comes from brian jarvis on facebook This is in response to Apple discontinuing the air power. Brian wrote, this would have never happened if Steve was still around. Steve being Steve Jobs, in case you missed that. That being said, he never would have given it the green light to begin with. Too many other companies already are making them. 
So. I don't agree that he wouldn't have given it the green, green light, but I right. do agree that we probably never would have heard about it until it was ready to go live. That's right. It, it may have. Yeah, I don't know if the announcing and then, although honestly, Apple still doesn't do that now. This is a weird exception to the rule, right? Mm-hmm. This is, they must have thought it would be ready to go in a month or two months or something, yeah. you know, and it, and it wasn't. Um, but yeah, the, the whole idea, first of all, too many companies aren't making them. Like, certainly they weren't then, but nobody's making like one pad that will charge your watch or AirPod or right and that was that was the main thing and that was the main point of it yeah apple makes plenty of things that a bunch of people make whether it's airpods or mice or keyboards or iphone cases computers um you know (laughs) yeah iphone cases that's a great example um yeah so they make lots of accessories that other people make and it's i don't think and this had their own special twist on it so i i don't necessarily think they wouldn't have ever made it I, but i do think steve jobs may have been more secretive about it until it was closer yes. to being ready to go and as far as too many other people already making them you know i would say that apple's chief innovation is not so much entirely inventing new stuff it's taking mm-hmm. stuff that's already there and which in case there is and making something better out of it and a device that you could easily charge all these things at once would definitely be a, be following that tradition so i i definitely see it as an apple product so that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 646, take two. <laughs> so, I'd like to thank Leif Johnson. Thank you. I'd like to thank Jason Cross. Thank you. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We also post a podcast on our homepage. If you have any comments or questions, you can post them on the Macworld Twitter feed on the Macworld Facebook page, or you can drop us a line via email. The address is podcast at macworld.com. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.